Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Let's Get Fiscal, an all-new money podcast from 7 News. I'm Damien, the med student of the finance world, joined by our dollar doctor, Gemma Acton. Thank you, not Damien. Quite the, not quite the dolly doctor, the dollar doctor, we'll say that. And very topical today, given, given what we're going to be talking about very shortly. Yeah, well, cost of living going up. We've talked about interest rates uh, previously. As more people are trying to tighten their bouts, those non-tangible things like insurance come up. That's right. And new research from Finder shows that close to 3 million Australians are not going to renew their health insurance this year. They're big numbers for a, for a population of only 25 million, including children who wouldn't even be, be relevant to this. And let's find out more on why. We're lucky to be joined today by Tim Bennett from Finder. Uh, Tim, welcome. Hello. Welcome to the pod. And I guess where we start with is premiums rising all the time. Yeah. How much has the cost of health insurance risen for the average person? Yeah, so to give you context, premiums go up every year. Yeah, the, the government signs off on them typically in around December, and then normally in April, uh, every private health insurance fund will put up their prices. Uh, and this is to reflect the, the, the growing costs of, of healthcare. Now, since 2000, uh, when sort of the, the modern system sort of began, we've seen premiums rise by about 195%. Ooh, unbelievable. And now, that's compared to inflation, which is um, not including the last sort of quarter, about 69 70%. Mm. So it's significantly higher than the cost of living is going up. Is that a matter of uh, people getting older, people getting sicker, people living for longer? What, what, what's, the, what's driving that? Kind of all of that. So compared to 20 years ago, um, we have much more complex illnesses. More people are having sort of chronic illnesses, partly because they are living for longer. Uh, there are better ways and more expensive ways, unfortunately, to deal with those uh, those illnesses. And as a result, just generally speaking, the cost of uh, managing our care is going up. Now, you combine that with the fact that we have an aging population overall, but the proportion of people who have private health insurance is also getting older. So when we see mm. so one in seven people considering getting rid of private health insurance, that's off the back of uh, already, you know, over the course of sort of the last seven years or so, declining uh, numbers year on year. And most of that is coming from young people. Really interesting. Was that in your survey or was there anything else that, that your survey unlocked that's critical to this conversation? Well, the, the, the broader, if you look at APRA data, from 2015 to 2020, we saw a continuous sort of quarter-on-quarter quarter decrease in the number of people who took out private health insurance as a percentage uh, of the population. That has turned around a little bit since the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, people have been a little bit more aware of their health. We also had a much lower population growth uh, over the last couple of years because the, the borders were closed. Uh, that's Reverse the trend ever so slightly, but we haven't got back to those numbers that we saw back in 2015. Um, and, and so you combine what we've seen in our numbers here, which is that, yeah, about 3 million people are seriously considering getting rid of their private health insurance. Uh, that's on top of the fact that we've already seen a bit of a depression in that, in that membership growth. And what are the insurers doing to try and try and retain people or try and entice new people to, to take up Yeah, well, I mean, you've seen the ads, you know, they, they do their <laughs> very best. Um, realistically, uh, some of the, the things that people have been 
looking for are transparency, mm-hmm. um, Obviously, flexible extras uh, mm-hmm. packages have been a big part of the cell. And more Australians do have extras than hospital. That's mm-hmm. worth sort of clarifying. Hospital, I think there's about 45% of Australians uh, have some sort of hospital cover and 55% of Australians have extras. So okay. extras are less regulated. Um, there, there aren't as many rules about it. So that's where insurers have had a little bit more flexibility in terms of being able to be a bit more uh, creative when it comes to, to building out new new products. So I'd say that's probably the, the most interesting area in terms of what the, the funds themselves are trying to do. And is it working? I mean, it doesn't sound like it from the numbers not, you're Not really, us. yeah. Okay. Yeah, again, the last couple of years have, have seen a bit of a reversal of that overall trend, but especially with the current sort of cost of living crisis that we're sort of grinding through mm. uh, in 2022 – we are seeing people sort of start to, and we see this across, you know, our entire sort of consumer sentiment tracker at Finder. People are looking through their bills and figuring out what they can start to, you know, tidy up. You know, cancel a subscription here, cancel a health insurance premium there, um, and yeah, health insurance is just been on the chopping block. Well, it's very, it's, it's not very tangible when you think about insurance. Right. Like, it's, it's a bill that arrives, but until you need it, you don't use it. And so it just seems like it's one of those things you can cut out. Yeah. There's nothing more tangible than, you know, having shoulder surgery, having to wait for 12 months on the public system, though. And that's the unfortunate thing is that while the public system exists, you know, Medicare is around, it doesn't always get to non-emergency issues quickly. Uh, so if you need a, re- a knee reconstruction, for example, uh, having a kind of crummy knee for 12 months while you wait for the public system is is something that a lot of people can't afford. And so, you know, a lot of the stories, like all types of insurance that you might hear, the horror stories are, I didn't have insurance until, bam, and then that's when I really needed it and I didn't have it. So this sounds to me, Tim, like a bit of a a vicious cycle. So you have uh, people, particularly younger people, Mm -hmm. not thinking health insurance is worth it. So they drop out, stop paying. So premiums for everybody else has to go up again. If you're saying that it's likely that more people are going to cancel, that's what the the numbers are telling us, does that mean premiums are just going to rise further from here? Yeah, probably. Okay. And and look, realistically, are 3 million people going to cancel their health insurance in 2022? Probably not. Mm -hmm. You know, what people say and what they do are very different things. Um, A lot of people will just stick with the same provider, um, which may be an issue for other reasons, but, you know, uh, and, you know, it'll continue on. However, enough people are seriously considering it that I, I imagine we probably will see, you know, a return to that that sort of downward trend. And yeah, that more or less means that, especially if young people are dropping out, which it seems that they're more and more likely to get less value from it, so that's expected, then premiums are going to continue to rise. And I should say as well, that also means more pressure is going to be put on the public system. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you noted the really regular cycle where the increases get yep. um, signed off in December, they get put through in April. COVID threw that off a little. Some delayed theirs, some um, cancelled theirs. Mm. What does that mean for where we're at now? Do we have catch-up on premiums that weren't put in place back then still yeah. to live through? Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> Any good news for us today? Or? Well, the, the good news is that the premiums being delayed and being uh, the, the rise is actually being smaller than, than they were in previous years okay. has, has been good for our premiums. So mm-hmm. uh, since COVID started, elective surgery sort of stopped happening. They were, they were banned for some time. In addition, a lot less people went to the dentist or went to the, you know, to get a new prescription for their glasses. They didn't use their extras. And so what ended up happening is the health funds actually made a lot more money. Uh, combine that with the fact that, again, we had a slight rise in the number of people who got private health insurance. The health funds have actually done quite well over the last couple of years. Okay. And so there's been a few cashback processes or, or delayed uh, price increases. Uh, that have been the fund's attempt to try and give back a little bit mm-hmm. to return those benefits because you know they've had a good couple of years. And so this year, for example, 
we had one of the lowest price increases for, for 20 years. I think it might have been the lowest since 2000. Uh, and it was only 2.7% on average. Now, that happened in two lots, one at the start of April for most funds, but mostly smaller funds. The big funds, almost all of them have pushed that price rise back until September or October. Okay. So yes, it does mean that we're going to have a second round of rises for especially the big funds like Bupa, AHM, Medibank, uh, HCF. They've all moved to the end of the year. So we do have to you know, keep an eye out. And that's a good opportunity to sort of review your fund, uh, you know, your, your coverage and make sure that you're being covered for what you need. I just want to add in a story about that. Yeah. I went to change my health insurance a couple of years ago and really set aside a day for it, thinking mm-hmm. it would be a big, lengthy, yeah. disastrous situation. And in fact, I called up the new place mm-hmm. and they dealt with everything. I so is that, is that, that's normal, is it? They, they call the, your, your current provider mm. and get all the information they need and transfer everything across. So for me, it was literally one five-minute phone call yeah. and I saved a lot of money and got much more appropriate coverage. Yeah, and, and, and Gemma, it never used to be. Okay, <laughs> I have no doubt. I was shocked. I was honestly shocked. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time uh, I changed my mobile phone provider and it was just, and this is early in mobile phones, and yeah. it, was just, it, was, it was an absolute like horror show. And the same thing happens with mobile phone providers. You call, they transfer it. Um, you need to get a new SIM, but that's about it. I mean, mm-hmm. now you don't even with eSIM. But anyway, that's a, a, a another issue. But yeah, with health insurance, it has come a very long way. Uh, so today, all of your waiting periods will transfer across automatically with hospital. Uh, extras, they don't have to transfer across the funds, but they, they often will. And they can cancel your old policy in the background. So if I wanted to switch from AHM to HCF, I call HCF. I don't call AHM. I call HCF. I find a new policy. As long as it covers everything um, that my AHM policy did, then they'll do all the hard work for me. It's incredible. That's very compelling. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I notice in a lot of those ads that you see on TV now, they're all investing in like wellness programs, yeah. adding a little bit extras in that may not be for, you know, quote unquote health insurance, mm. but, you know, a little bit extra for members. Do you think that sways people to join uh, one provider over another, or is it really just vanity? No, I think that they can offer some really like good, valuable sort of perks. Um, and you'll have to sort of go into checking exactly what the the deals are for each yeah. insurer because they, they do vary quite a bit. Um, we see this a lot in life insurance, actually. Um, life insurance is a little less regulated, so you can do more. But like AIA, for example. Uh, give you 50% off a gym membership uh, at Hmm. Virgin Active Clubs. Hmm. Now, if you figure out how much, if you're relatively young and healthy, how much a life insurance policy costs, you can actually save money. Hmm. Um, You can pay less, assuming you were going to the gym and and paying for a full membership. So there are some really like genuinely valuable uh, sort of offers in there. Uh, that are worth investigating. Okay, so that's a good tip. So look for perks that might yeah. suit you and suit your lifestyle and save you some money. What else should people be looking out for in a policy? It, honestly, the the most basic thing is just to make sure that you're covered for what you need coverage for. Uh, and one of the easiest ways to do it, you know, would be to jump on Finder. We make it really easy to compare 30 or more funds next to each other. And you just want to make sure that the fund or the policy that you're looking for gives you everything you need. Um, hospital... It's more about being able to get quick care with the doctor that you want in a private system. Um, and so you just have to understand sort of what's covered under hospital, basically anything in a hospital. Um, extras is outpatient care. So anything that you see a, 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 you know, a non-hospital-based doctor for. So as long as you've got the right coverage, you can then sort of start to drill down and figure out, okay, which, uh, which company has you know, the best 
perks or for extras, which you know has the highest benefits, you can then go a little bit deeper. But really, that that's the basic thing that I think a lot of people don't do as often as they should is just to review their cover, make sure they're still covered for what they need and not what they don't as well. I mean, if you've had a baby and you're not having another one, yeah. don't have pregnancy cover. <laughs> well, there's a great there's a great ad on TV now with Mike Rolls who yeah. is a, a double amputee and he's like, well, I don't need podiatry. Yeah, well, funny that. Great, <laughs> great ad. Love that one. Um, cool. And also ambulance, depending on where you are. Yeah. So I, I lived in Burke in regional New South Wales oh, wow. for a couple of years. Yeah. And, and you could not ha- not have ambulance cover. Mm. And I would say that's much the same across the country. With the exception of Queensland and Tasmania, ambulance is not covered under Medicare. The state government, for the most part, won't pay it. So you do need a private health insurance coverage. Queensland uh, system's great. Uh, you look, pay it with your en- electricity bill. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You're in Sydney now, Dave. I know, I know. <laughs> we have this conversation every day. Queensland's great. <laughs> all right. Well, that's very insightful, Tim. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no worries at all. Um, good timing. We'll have you back in September when the next set of uh, happy to, premium happy to increases be here. come yeah. through. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. For more now on the drop-off in private health insurance and how it will impact the medical sector, we're joined by Australian Medical Association President Dr Omar Khurshid. Hello. Yeah, g'day. Now, nearly three million Australians say that they're planning to ditch health insurance. Is that an alarming stat to you? Uh, it's a really alarming stat, and I hope uh, it's actually not going to turn out to be true because, of course, if that happens, that's another three million Australians uh, needing to access our public hospital system, which is already really struggling uh, with the load of demand that's on it. It's not able to deliver care that people uh, want or need in a reasonable time. Uh, and we really do rely on those Australians who can afford it actually accessing private hospitals through private health insurance. And that's why it's so critical. We're seeing ramping at a number of hospitals already in terms of ambulances, hospitals filling up and all that sort of thing. What exactly is the type of strain that will happen if three million people do end up relying on the public sector the way you're saying? I think where we'll see the most uh, effects will be on elective surgery waiting lists. Right now, our private health system actually does the bulk of elective surgery, does more than our public hospital system. Uh, So for every uh, thousand or million Australians that drop that product, that's a lot of people that will be going on the end of those elective surgical waiting lists. With emergency care, the the effect will be lower because, of course, if you have an emergency, whether you've got insurance or not, you tend to go to a public hospital. That's where uh, that kind of care is best delivered in most circumstances. So we perhaps won't see as much impact on the emergency department. But, geez, if you're on one of those waiting lists, waiting already a year or two years for a hip replacement, the last thing you want to know is that there's going to be piles and piles more people uh, being added onto those lists. As well as helping out the public system, what benefits do you see in people taking out private health insurance? 
Well, there is actually some good news around private health insurance. And since the pandemic, for the first time in about five years, we've actually seen more Australians taking out insurance. And I think that's because they've realised that we have a a significant health threat here with the pandemic. Uh, And people have said, well, I don't want to be uh, stuck in that uh, overloaded public hospital system. Uh, I have the capacity, so I'm going to take out private health insurance. And we've seen those numbers actually going up really quite substantially during the pandemic. But of course, the fear is that they'll go down afterwards. Our message uh, as the AMA to, to Australian patients is that private health insurance is a really good investment in your future health. It gives you choice. Uh, it gives you choice, not just of doctor or hospital, but also the timing of your care. Um, and, and it allows you to really take control, uh, which is something that you don't really get in our public hospital system. You, you kind of have to uh, wait in the queue, take, take your turn, uh, and you get what you get in terms of the care that's delivered. Uh, and I think if people can afford private health insurance, uh, it's a really good investment. The key for us, though, is to make sure that insurance is affordable, and that's where we need some reform to happen. And we unfortunately hear uh, some of the insurers uh, yelling about everybody else's contribution to the cost, but of course the insurers themselves have very high management fees. Some of them, um, but they perform very differently in terms of what proportion of your uh, premium actually get, goes back to you uh, when you claim. Uh, with some funds, it's over 90% gets given back to the members, but others it's down around 85%. And that, we're talking billions of dollars here that are being spent on the overheads. And of course, the profits, our insurers through COVID have, have just made $2 billion profit uh, in the last year or so, double from the previous year. Uh, and that's because there's been less claims. So we need to uh, make sure that that reform conversation goes right across the industry, uh, that everybody does their bit to make sure that private health insurance remains accessible and affordable for all Australians. I mean, that Finder survey also found that a significant number of Australians don't even have health insurance at the moment. Is there anything else that you think insurers can do to entice people back and to get on board? Well, one thing we need to be doing is telling the positive story of our private health system. Uh, one of the reasons Australia traditionally has had one of the best overall health systems with the best health outcomes in the world is because we've got this balance between private and public. People uh, can access care when they need it through the private sector, and that frees up space in our public sector for those who can't afford the insurance. So that, that balance is absolutely critical, and it's important that we, uh, we maintain the best bits uh, of our health insurance uh, system. Great insight there. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Omar Khashid. Cheers. Good to be with you. There we go. The head of the AMA says, get some health insurance, Gemma. Yes, no, I certainly have some. And uh, as I mentioned, it was much quicker to switch than I thought. So might even take a look again and see if it's uh, worth saving a few more dollars. Talking to a few people in the newsroom, uh, a lot of the younger people don't actually have health insurance these days. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I Certainly there's a, a perception which has been backed up by a lot of data that shows the young people do often end up uh, paying for, for services they don't really receive, where it's the other way around, the, the older you get, which makes sense when we think about how our health declines as we do get older uh, and when they start to redress that balance uh, the sooner they do that certainly the better all right well we'll have more tips for saving money on health insurance in our tight ass tuesday episode that'll drop tuesday of course Gemma, thank you for joining us thank you and of course uh, this has been let's get fiscal a7 news podcast production
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 